You are now listening to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators come to learn how to sell more of their online courses. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast, the place where course creators go to sell more of their online courses. I'm super excited because today we have a very special guest. A little bit about this person. She's the founder of the MNIB Consulting. She helps online training businesses scale their impact, their team, and their revenue. I know her specifically because I've read her very popular book, Beyond Satisfaction, The Secret to Crafting a Profitable Online Course That Will Change Lives. I recommend every course creator should read that book. Um, and when she's not doing her online business stuff, you can find her with her nose in a business book, um, playing designer board games, or building Lego. So anyways, without further ado, let me introduce all the way from British Columbia, the one and only Ms. Brianne Dick. Brianne, how are you? you? Thank you so much. I'm doing so well. I'm so excited to be chatting with you, as you mentioned, from Vancouver Island, BC, um, on the unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples and the Qualicum First Nation. It's Orange Shirt Day as we're recording this, so I want to make sure that I acknowledge the uh, traditional landholders here um, just a really important day for many Canadians and many Indigenous people here in Canada. That's amazing. Thank you for bringing that up, Brianne. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Brianne, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one you could use for us? Absolutely. So my life's philosophy is what I'm going to share with you. Ooh. My life's philosophy is that there is always a better way. Mm. There's always a better way. Mm. Yes. Expand on that for me, Brian. What does that mean to you? So I think for me, it means so many things. And I think that's why I like it. It's kind of a life's philosophy when it applies to pretty much everything. It's something that you can apply to a lot of different areas. But for me, what it really speaks to is if we're looking at a situation and it's like, ah, column A, column B, I don't really like either of these options. Neither of them feel particularly good Mm -hmm. to me. There's always a better way. There's always something that takes the good stuff from column A, the good stuff from column B, and helps us chart a course that is going to be better than we could have imagined. So I see that happening in life. You know, I know you have a fitness background, so, you know, it's true in fitness, it's true in business, it's true when you're scaling, it's true, you know, it's true in all of the areas. There's always a better way. You never have to settle for the way that everyone says you should do it if it doesn't feel right or good to you. Yes, love that. I'll piggyback off that because I actually love that quote myself as well. And I even take it in in slightly a different way as well. I look at it also in terms of constant improvement, you know? Absolutely. Whatever it is I'm doing, right? I'm, I'm recording a podcast, okay? I might think my podcast is good. I might think my podcast is the best in the world. But still, I know there's always a better way. If I yeah. want to make it better, let me have a look and watch this, this little 1%. And if you take that into a, uh, different things, you're going to get good results. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Because every time you think you're at 100%, all you're doing is unlocking the door to a whole new level. Yes, I agree. Well, hey, Brand, I've read your book. I'm a big fan. Um, but say someone's watching this and they're like, you know what? Who is this person? Why should I listen to her? What she's done? Um, do you want to give us a quick background in, in a minute or two? Who are you, Brand? What do you do? How'd you get to this uh, stage here? 
Yeah, well, it's really interesting because I, I like to joke and tell people I have two undergrad degrees. So number one, I'm really nerdy and probably a little bit on the smart side of the spectrum. Either that or I'm just addicted to school and didn't want to like enter the real world, right? I'll let, I'll let you all decide which of those things is right. But I have a degree in computer science and one in religious studies. And I don't know about you, but it's really hard to think about what career path Mm. follows from those two things. So I found myself in higher education because I could use kind of this understanding of how people think and this understanding of how computers think to create curriculum for the students at this university post-secondary school uh, that would hopefully help them actually learn something. And I worked at that uh, educational institution for about five years. And as happens for so many people, I got promoted up the food chain to the point where the bureaucracy killed me. I had a bully for a boss and I knew it was time to take my escape. Now you'd think that, oh, she helps people create online businesses that change lives, right? Courses and all of that kind of stuff. You'd think it would be an easy transition from higher education to that kind of world. The truth is there was a bit of a winding path through there to had to figure out what worked, what didn't in the practical terms outside of the ivory tower, if you will, of, you know, senior high level education. But I'm really excited because the work that we do with clients is so amazing at helping people scale their business, grow beyond just them and still do it in a way that gets results. Yes. Wow. Love that. Well, I'm excited. I'm sure all my listeners are excited. Um, Where do you want to start, Brianne? What I'm thinking, I'm happy to hand it over to you from here. What I'm thinking is maybe we've got a course creator who's new to the game and they're like, right, I'm new to the game. I know I want to put together a course. I've got an idea. I've maybe, you know, got a few PowerPoints, maybe downloaded a free trial of Thinkific. What, where does that person start? What do they do to create an impactful course that's also going to be profitable? Yeah. And this is the thing, right? So in the work, it's not in the book. Maybe it'll be in my next book if I get down to writing it. But exactly what you said, it has to be profitable mm. and get results, right? Mm. And there's, there's three things that I think go into making a scalable business. There's profit, there's results, and team. Profit and results together create the model that you're going to deliver through. And so if you're watching this and you think I'm going to be a creative course, that's amazing. You've defined kind of what you want your delivery model to be, but you have to do it in a way that is both profitable and gets results or else it's going to be a fundamentally broken model. That's not going to get you where you want to go. So where I think the best place to start is on the results side of the equation. Because if you don't actually know what result is going to come out of this whole thing, number one, you're not going to be able to sell it. But number two, it's going to be much harder to create and much harder for your students, your clients, your customers to get anything out of it. There's a research study that was done several years ago where they had a couple of university professors and they asked one group of the professors said you know you just go and develop your curriculum and teach your course like you normally would think about what you're going to teach and what you're going to tell the students and that kind of stuff and and go do that then they went to another group of professors and instructors and they gave them a little bit different instruction they said think about what you want your students to be able to do differently at the end and then build your curriculum so the difference was think about what you want to teach versus Think about what you want them to learn, what you want them to be able to do. So they just, that was the only difference. That was the only instruction that gave. The instructors went, they made their curriculums, took students through it. They got to the end, they did an evaluation. 
the group of students, I know you've read the book, so you know, well, you know the answer to this question, but if you're listening to this on the podcast, you know, take a moment and ask for yourself, which do you think gets the better results when you're focusing on what you want to teach or on what they want to learn? Because the answer is, drum roll, mm-hmm. just by asking the instructors to focus on what they wanted the students to learn the students got better results at the end of it. So if you want to create results for your students, the first and most important question you can ask is what's the result that you're aiming for? Mm. Wow. Love that. Okay. So many good bits of information there. Let me, can I break down and summarize and, and even um, you know, someone do. that hasn't read the book to, so they can sort of, just so we don't go over their head, you know? Yep. So, okay. Essentially what Brianne is saying in a nutshell, you want to create a profitable, profitable business online that creates impact, right? There's three things you need. You need it to be profitable. Otherwise, you're not going to make any money. You're not going to keep doing it. You're going to give up, yada, yada, yada. You need it to have results, and we'll, we'll delve on that a little bit more, and then it's the team side of things. Now, Brand's recommendation is start on the results for many different reasons. Number one, and this is the way I look at it, Brand. I'm sure you'll agree with this. I feel anyone can sell crap once, right? <laughs> You've got a crap product, know a few sales techniques, great, you go and sell it. But then that's when it's going to end. Nobody's going to buy from you again. Nobody's going to give you reviews. Um, no one's going to recommend you to anyone else. So if you don't have that results, like you, you got to start there. You got to have something that, that works from there now. And Brianne even broke it down into three different things where if you've, if you've got a system to get results, Hey, it's going to be easier for you to sell. Uh, it's going to be easier for you to create. Cause you're like, okay, well, what's the results I want? Great. What are the steps I need to, to get this result here? And it's going to be better for the students as well, because there's a common, um, I don't know, I guess belief that a lot of people have, and I don't know where it's come from. Maybe it's how the world has previously been where more is better, you know, Hey, got to create an online course. So I'm going to throw everything in there and hours of video and all these PDFs and look, that's got its place. You know, there's obviously some um, advantages there, but that's going back to the study brand mentioned where it's like, Hey, you're an expert at what you do. Great. You can throw out a whole heap of different stuff or you can just be like, okay, what's the result? What's the quickest way for me to get that result? And that's going to get better tips there uh, or better results there. Should we expand on that a bit, Brianne? Yeah. Should we say, you know, how do we, how do we decide what the big yeah. thing is or any tips for people there? Well, I think that the last point you said, here's a, a frame that I think can really help people appreciate this idea that, you know, less is more because we hear that a lot, yeah. but I'll tell you, I remember for a long time, I was the course creator that didn't have a course, right? I would help other people with it. I had this background, but I didn't have anything. So the first time I went to create a course online, I fell into that trap, mm-hmm. right? Where it was like, I had the exercises, I had all of these things. And then I was looking at my you know, sales page. I was like, I really think that maybe I should like add some videos or something. And you know, what's so funny is that I did add videos and then I went and looked at it at the end. I looked at the stats and no one had ended up watching the videos anyway, because they were completely unnecessary. But the frame that I use now to really help drive this home for a lot of people is think about the Olympic games. And you're going to be thinking about that big event that, you know, it's kind of the, the, the highlight of the summer Olympics, which is the hundred meter race, right? Especially the men's hundred meter, you know, who's the fastest man in the world and the world record for the men's 100 meter race is about eight seconds or so, right? Give or take. Now there's also another race that happens (laughs) that the men run and it's 110 meters 
and this one has hurdles. And the world record for the 110 meter hurdles is about 12 seconds. Now, the difference between eight seconds and 12 seconds is a lot bigger mm. than the difference between 100 meters and 110 meters, mm. right? For those who are in a, you know, the imperial setting, it's like nine feet, right? Like we're not really talking about a very big difference. So what's the difference? Why did the hurdles world record take four seconds longer than just the regular 100 meters? It's because of the hurdles. And so when we're thinking about what we want to give our clients, our students, our customers, remember that what our clients and customers ultimately want is to get to the finish line. If they could get to the finish line without needing us at all, they would have already. So our job is to have that journey to the finish line, have as few hurdles along the way as possible. So the more you can make your course or your learning experience be like the 100-meter race where they don't have to go through a bunch of stuff. There's not a bunch of busy work. They're not watching piles of endless videos. And instead, they're only going through the things that they absolutely need to get the result. They'll be happier. It's less for you to create. And, I mean, it's just magic in terms of as you said, the referrals, the retention, the repeat buyers, it all goes up. Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Yes, wow, love that. I've never heard that analogy, but I love it with the the, the hurdles. And as you were saying it, another one came to my mind as well. I, it, I thought you were going to go a different way, actually. I thought you were going to say, hey, here's the 100 meters that everyone watches. Here's the 42K marathon or whatever, yeah. you know, that is so much longer and so much more and you can watch it for hours. But no one wants to watch that. You know? That's everyone's right. What do people watch? They watch the last, you know, 10 minutes when everyone's coming <laughs> into the stadium. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Love that. Okay, cool. So I think you've given us some good tips there on the results, Brand. Now, let's say someone's got that. They're like, Brand, hey, I'm good at what I do. Right? I'm, yeah. I know how to fix someone's problem. I've managed to put that in, in a systemized way. You know, they can do this course. They knock it over in a couple hours. It's, it's everything they, they need to do. But, uh, and I guess there's two ways we can go here. We can either be like, how do I know there's money in this course? Let's start there, actually. How do we know you got, someone's got a course? How do they know there's money in it? Well, ideally, you want to be selling it before you do any of the creation, okay. yep. right? And I'm sure you've talked about that before. We probably don't need to delve too deeply into that. But let's say that you ignored that advice and or you're just thinking about what do I even want to do? Where do I want to begin? Where do I start? And if you're in that situation you really have to ask what are people already spending money on? Mm. What problems are they already spending money to solve? Because Mm. if they're looking for solutions and they're willing to spend money on those solutions, then that means that all your job is, is to say this solution might get you there 
faster to go to that analogy or it might get you there more easily or more quickly. You'll get different results. You, you know, you've tried all these other things. They didn't work for you. I've developed this system or I've found this path that reliably gets results. Here's what it is. And the sale becomes so much easier because you're already tapping into something that you know people want to buy. But remember, they're not buying the course, mm -hmm. just like they know. I, I'm looking across the street. There's a dentist dental office across the street. I don't go to the dentist because I really want to sit in the dentist's chair and have him drilling into my mouth, right? I don't go for the process. I go because I want to have healthy teeth. I don't want to have a toothache, you know, whatever that is. Your customers are the same. If they could get the result without needing you or your course, they would. The reason that they're looking for a solution is because the other things they've tried haven't got them where they want to go. So your job is to say, you're willing to spend money on this. I have a solution that works. That's a match made in heaven. Yes, love that. Okay, follow-up question with their brand. How do we know that people are spending money on this? Do we you know, go and search on Amazon? Do we um, go on Udemy? Do we check out some of our competitors' products? Do we join different Facebook groups and see what's going on there? How do, any tips there for the listeners? I mean, pretty much just anything that you listed yeah. will work. <laughs> You're limited by your creativity, right? Pretty much. And I think yeah. the important thing is to really, as you're looking at all of those different options, be willing to look broadly at mm. the spectrum of solutions, right? Yep. Your competition, if, you know, let's, let's use, I mean, let's use a fitness example, since that seems to be a theme that we're on lately. Your competition isn't just the mm. other person selling a course on how to go couch to 5k, right? Yep. Or it's not the couch to 5k app, which is a dollar 99. It's not just those things, right? Mm. It's, the $1.99 app, it's mm. the, someone else who's selling a course, it's the local running club. It's also the person who is trying to lose weight. So they're going and buying um, a diet program mm. yep. or they're going to uh, train martial arts and they're taking yep. a kickboxing class or they're getting surgery because they mm. are gonna lose weight through surgery, right? There's all of these different things that are potential ways that people have to solve the problem, which is that I'm out of shape, I'm overweight, I don't wanna live like this, I can't keep up with my kids anymore, I wanna be able to run around, run up a mountain with them when we're on vacation, that the entire span of the way that people choose to solve that problem proves that that's a problem that people are willing to solve. And it also shows you that there are people out there who expect to solve that problem for free mm. by going to yes. the Coach to 5K website yep. and just doing it for free, right? There are also people who will spend tens of thousands mm. of dollars yep. to get that same result. Yep. And so we often think, you know, oh, my course can only be, you know, I'm comparing it to Udemy course, so it can only mm. be $79 or mm. the cap on courses online is $2,000. I heard that one a lot. The truth is if people are going to be willing to spend $10,000, $5,000, $20,000, $100,000, what they're paying for is the result. Your only job is to be able to get them that result in a way that works. You do that, then you are truly solving that problem in a way that gets results. And that's what people pay for. Yes. Love that. Wow. This is why I love your systems, Brian. You're almost making it like, why would people not buy? You know, it's like, hold on. 
I've got this system that works. That's awesome. And that's a proven result. I've gone and done some research and seen that people are looking to are already paying money on this thing here. I've got a result that's different. Why would they not buy? You know, you make it so, <laughs> so logically like that. There's one follow-up question I've got there. Then we'll move on to the, the team side of things. Mm-hmm. What about say the marketing and sales side of things? So I know you've touched on, on the pre-sale where yeah. it's like, okay, great. You know, I've got this system now, or even before I've got this, you know, I've got this, they might be a bit together. I've done some research, got a yeah. system that works. Cool. I see there's a gap in the market or there's something that, that people are purchasing. Cool. You know, I've got this thing or I'm going to start create this thing. Great. I know I need to go out and, and pre-sell it and start a five week program or, you know, drip it every week, for five weeks or, or whatever it may be. But how do we actually find these people and, and sell to these people? So this is a really interesting question because through the process of doing the stuff you talked about, you mm. probably will have already found some people. Love it. Yep. I think where we get more tripped up is in thinking that marketing and sales are complicated mm. because I mean, just look on Facebook, scroll through your timeline and see all of the different people who are advertising that they've got the right solution. They've got the right formula. You need this, you need that, you need this other thing. And if you don't have it, it's not going to work. But look, in my day, I've taken a few of those programs (laughs) and I've probably worked with some of the people who created some of the other programs. They're not the flashy ones putting all the ads on Mm -hmm. Facebook because they don't need to. Their Mm -hmm. stuff works they get referrals, they're scaling from there. But uh, in terms of really what marketing and sales is about is there's just a couple of really simple ingredients. Mm. You need a problem that you can solve. You need someone who is willing to pay money to solve that problem. And you need to connect the two. Mm. So when you're thinking about marketing and sales, It doesn't really matter if you do Facebook ads or a funnel or a webinar or they all work. Okay. They all work because otherwise people wouldn't be selling systems based on them. They might not all work for you and your market, but in the abstract, they all work because they all are based on, you have a problem you can solve. You have people who are willing to pay money and they connect those dots. If you want to know how to do marketing and sales, ask yourself, What is a possible way that I can connect people who have the problem with people who are willing to pay money to solve it? Test it. See if it works. Give it 90 days, all out effort to see if it works. If it does, brilliant. You found something that works. If it doesn't, you found something that doesn't work. But you've probably also learned a lot of lessons along the way, which will make it better and easier as you go on. People want to think that sales and marketing is complicated. It's really not. The only answer, the only answer that reliably works is figure out what you think will work, test it, and then see what happens. Wow. I love that. So many good points there. Again, I'll I'll share my summaries and my learnings there. I love how you've said just by doing that process, right? If you go out and you do some research, you speak to some people, you learn some, you're going to speak to people. You're going to meet people. They're going to have friends. They're going to have a network. Great. You're going to start to build your network from that way there. So I love that point there. And I love how you've just simplified it and said, Hey, you've got all these different things. There's not one that works the best. And also just because it works the best for you, Brianne, 
doesn't mean it's going to work the best for me. Maybe you're better at video than me. Maybe you're better at podcasting than me. Maybe more of your audience are on Facebook than mine. Maybe, and, well, maybe more of your audience is more on Instagram than mine. And I'm not saying they're not going to work. I think with social media these days, as you said, any single one of those will work. Every single person, whoever you are, whatever you're selling, I'm sure you could go on any platform and find your ideal audience there and find some way to get your info in front of them. Um, I love how you've said, hey, you know, pick one or pick away and go for it. Because I think a lot of people can get confused and be like, hey, I got a course, I'm going to start a Facebook group and an Instagram and a Facebook business page and a YouTube channel and a podcast and a Pinterest and none of them freaking work because they're not really, you know, focusing They're not really on- doing any of them. Yeah. <laughs> Where it might be like, hey, you know what? I like LinkedIn. I'm going to go on LinkedIn and I'm going to connect with X amount of people per day. I'm going to do a few posts, see a few messages. Oh, a few people aren't connecting with me. Maybe I'll try changing my profile and see if that works or using a message and see if that works. And, oh, you know, no one's liking my content. Okay, maybe if I change this content, will it work? And, you know, if you, uh, I love how you've broken it down as well, where it's like, if you do that, I, I know you've said 90 days. I think you could even, me, I th- maybe because I've been a while on social media, right? I could probably spend, I think, 30 days on a platform. Sure. And then decide, you know, be like, okay. Yeah. It's either great, I know how this works, I know how to scale it, or man, this is hard work. You know, this won't work. But if there was a platform that could, I could do this, this, and this, maybe that would work. Hey, Instagram does that. You know what? Let me go on Instagram and, and go that way there. So. Yeah. The real risk is that you don't want to be hopping too fast, right? You yeah. need to allow things to actually have an opportunity to work. Yeah. And that's a challenge that I see with a lot of folks who are newer to their courses or newer to their business. They don't really know what works or what not. Mm-hmm. You have to give time for things to work. Yeah. And what that means is being willing to commit and say, this is what I'm willing to do. And this is how I will know if I've been successful or not. We talked about the importance of having results for your clients and in terms of them knowing what the result is so that you can help them get there. You need to know what the result is that you're after as well. You need to know what does success look like for me? Is it a certain number of people that reach out Mm -hmm. with a message saying, can you tell me more? Is it a certain number of calls I've booked? It is what is success mean to me? How am I measuring success? And then your experiments and the things you're trying have to be targeted toward that result, right? Mm. So if you're trying to do messenger sales on Facebook, mm. then just say, how can I, how, so that's where I would do like 90 days of how can I get yeah. messenger sales on Facebook, but I might do 30 days of organic posting and realize that I'm not getting anything there. So mm. then I have to change up my, my tactics, my approach, but I'm still going to be looking at the same result. My goal is to figure out how do I get this result because otherwise you just start chasing all over the place. Yes. Love that. I'm, I'm a huge outcome guy. So I resonate so much with that, you know, and it's like, what's, what's the outcome, right? It's like, let's use I don't know, Instagram as an example. And you may do, you may say, Hey, you know, I'm doing prettier photos on Instagram. That's great. But if your goal is to build your email list, is it really, it may be related, yeah. may not be, but yeah. we've got that thing to track and, and let's see. Well, and I think it's really important to recognize what is a outcome that makes sense. Mm. And what I would argue is that when you're in the early stages of, I mean, really, this is at any stage of business, but especially in the early stages of business, the only metric that matters is sales, Mm. Yeah. right? It's not even revenue. Like it's not Mm. even dollar amounts. Mm. It's sales. Mm. How many people did you get? So how many people did you make an offer to? Mm. How many people made a sale? Mm. right? Because that's a number that you can focus on growing. 
Yeah. I need to get X number of sales. I think the best way to do that is through this particular strategy. And sales and marketing comes down to getting people to raise their hand and say they're interested, getting them to be identifying as someone that's qualified, and then getting them to say, yes, I'm in. It's very simple. We don't have to overcomplicate it. Yes. Love that. Okay. Let's move on, Brianne. So team, yeah. this is my yeah. favorite one, right? All right. And I think this will be an interesting one for, for the audience. Give, give me your overview on team and then I'll see if I can direct and, and break down for the listeners with where they're at. Yeah. It's really interesting because you know, especially in this online business world, team has kind of a weird meaning I've found. Um, I, maybe we can blame Tim Ferriss for this. I don't know. You know, the whole idea of the four hour work week that if I just create the right product and my marketing is working, then I can go and I can work four hours and I can hire a VA from overseas in some country and pay them hardly anything. And I'm not going to have to do anything in my business. And unfortunately, we all know that that's not literally true. In fact, Tim has even said to himself, like, it's not literally true. The four hour work week isn't meant to be taken literally, mm -hmm. but it's really become part of the online business culture that a team is people that you give stuff that you don't want to do to, and you just delegate out all the time. And they're essentially minions, mm -hmm. right? That I'm just going to be farming things out to you, giving you tasks to do. And you're my minions. You're going to follow my orders and you're going to do things the way I tell you to. Well, Maybe, maybe that worked in the 1950s, right? <laughs> you can think about all of the, the sitcoms about, you know, 1950s Mad Men style office politics, right? Where it's command and control top down and the minions at the bottom are all the poor suckers who get stuck with all the work, right? But for me, I mentioned off the top that one of the reasons I left my job in the post-secondary was because I was bullied. And I had an experience of being a minion, of being kind of bossed around and not in a very kind way. And what it realized or what it made me realize was that that's not an experience that I want to create. And it's also an experience that I don't think anyone else should have to have. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to how I think about team and, and really how I think about building businesses, for me, the entire point of building a business is to build one where every client gets the results, every team member is empowered, and every business owner loves their life. For me, that has to be the goal of building a team, not having a farm of people that you can just throw all your crap tasks that you don't want to do in, to them. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Okay, cool. So let's go with there. Let's say someone's listening to this. They're a course creator. They've um, got their course thing together. They're making a few dollars. Why should they have a team? Why should they not just save every dollar and um, yeah, save every dollar they can and then, and then keep as much money for themselves? What's, what's the advantages of teams? Why should we do it? Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting question. And when we really boil it down, you can go a long way without having a team. And I want to make sure that's very clear. I know plenty of people who have got to mid six figures, high six figures, seven figures, and they've had very minimal team, if any. And in fact, I think many course creators bring on team members too soon okay. and they run themselves out of money. Mm. They don't, they can't afford to pay themselves because they're spending all their money on their team. Right? So it's really this question of when do I know that 
my clients, my customers, my students will not continue to get the same level of results mm. because I can't give them the time and attention that they need. Love it. Now, you might not be able to give them the time and attention that they need because you have to focus on sales and marketing. Yeah. It's totally valid. Yeah. You might need someone who can support them through the client fulfillment side, through the yeah. delivery side. Yeah. Or you might decide, I love the client fulfillment. I never want to give it up. I want to be able to continue doing that side of things, but I don't have time to do that and do sales and marketing. So you may decide that you need to bring someone on to do sales and marketing. Now, the key insight here is that if you're still in that old mindset of delegating mm. and giving people tasks, then when you hire someone, you're not really freeing yourself up because you always have to tell them what to do. Mm. And every task always bounces back onto your plate to check, is it done right? Is it done well? Is it done yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so what I really want to encourage you to think about is, okay, I've identified that my client's results are going to suffer because I don't have the ability and the capacity to continue to serve them in the way I want to. So the question I need to ask is, what part of the business can I give ownership to someone else? So that, again, go to that idea of results. What's a result I want to achieve in the business that someone else can be responsible to achieve? Not that I'm going to give them tasks and check up on them all the time, make sure they did it right. But I'm going to say, we need to be getting five sales a month. Your job is to make sure we get five sales a month and figure out how to do it in a way that aligns with our values, in a way that aligns with our principles, right? We need to have all of those things determined, but I don't want to have to hold your hand and tell you how to get those five sales. I want to be focused on my clients and my customers and creating more stuff for them. So that's really the key difference is to be able to empower the team member, give them ownership and say, this is the result I want you to be able to get so that you can focus on the results that you're creating in the business. Love it. Awesome. Okay. So let me summarize that. So I think the first amazing point Brianne made was about once it gets to the point that you can't deliver that same result. So my thinking is you're a course creator and you're like, Hey, I'd love to help more people, but I don't have the time. Well, technically you could have the time because you could bring someone on board to do the sales and marketing. And then, you know, you do what your stuff there or the flip side, you know, Hey, I'd love to do more sales and marketing, but I've got to do so much delivery. Hey, bring someone on board to do the delivery and you do the sales and marketing. And uh, in terms of the, the outcomes, right. In terms of the, the bringing that person on, it's like, if you have to bring that person on and micromanage them, it's going to suck for them. It's going to suck for you. So what's the outcome? You know, Hey, I, I'm bringing someone on so I can make more sales. I'm currently making five sales a month. I want to make 10 sales a month. Hey, you know, newbie, come on board. It's on you. Here's some tips. Here's some suggestions. I'm here if you need anything, but you know, your job is to get five, get creative, get and do it. Um, and it's just so much easier for both parties that way. Yeah. So and I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to make it sound like you flip a switch and someone comes in yeah, and oh. instantly gives you, you know, five more sales or whatever it happens to be. Really, what we're talking about is who can you bring in that has a zone of genius mm. that you don't? Yep. Because if you can create a team where everyone is operating in your, their respective zones of genius, then the team will be better in aggregate then you could ever be on your own. Mm. That's when you start really being able to have massive impact. I call it infinite scalability because you can just keep reaching more people, reaching bigger audiences, serving more people, having more clients, making more money, all of those things because 
together you've created a team that can do so much more than you ever could have dreamed of on your own. Yes. Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. So great. Well, hey, Brian, I want to be sensitive of your time. So just a few questions I like to always finish up with. One of them's around course creation platform. So everyone listening to this is going to be a course creator. Everyone uses different platforms. We've got the this, this spectrum from Kajabi to Thinkific to LearnDash to Teachable. So my question to you, Brian, do you have a recommended platform that you use or how do you deliver your content to your customers? I'm going to give a part A and a part B to that answer. Uh, part A to that answer is it doesn't matter. Just pick one and then stop futzing around with it and move on to a question that's more important. Love it. <laughs> part B to that is it can be very simple. The mm. first time that I ever delivered, actually the first time I ever took an online program, online course, was delivered through email and Google Docs. Mm. There was no platform. There was no videos. There was nothing fancy. That was still one of the best programs I ever took. So number one, you, you know, don't make it overcomplicated. And then number two, just decide and then stop trying to make that decision because there are way more important things you could be focused on. Yes. Love it. Agree hundred um, percent. Now question in regards to mentors, Brian. So I know you're a mentor for plenty of people out there. You're an author yourself. So I always like to ask my guests who their mentors have been. And I'll, if possible, if you could answer it in three different ways, if possible. So Firstly, if there's someone that's directly mentored you, you've handed over cash, you've done a course, you've done a mentorship, and you're like, hey, that's the best course or mentorship I've ever done. Uh, someone that you haven't handed over cash to, but you follow them on social media and you're like, hey, you know, I like what they do, follow these people here. And the third one is a book that you've read that's changed your life, not including your own. That's changed my life. So we can give that a plug. I mean, the best I, book, clearly. <laughs> if, um, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm not sure if we, we gave that a plug, but it is Beyond Satisfaction by Brianne Dick. So I recommend reading that. But yeah, tell us about your mentors, Brianne. Paid, unpaid, and author. Yeah. Oh, boy. There's so many different directions I could go for, for all three of those. Um, <laughs> paid, I'm going to give a tie okay. to Angela Loria and Eleanor Strong. Oh, Eleanor is yes. brilliant at all things messaging, organic mm. marketing, just absolutely brilliant at helping us dial in our offer and really connect with our audience online. And Angela Loria is the founder of the Author Incubator and I worked with her in a private mentorship where it was so much around mindset and growth. And it's like business is a tool for personal development and personal development is how you grow your business. And, and Angela was phenomenal for me in that regard. So that's my, uh, my cheater two-part answer to paid unpaid. You know, I'm, I've unfollowed so many people lately <laughs> to just try and keep the noise down because there's so much, possible noise out there. 
Um, you know, the, I, I think though, back to a mentor I had very early on in my career it was actually, he was, he was my boss actually. And, uh, he's the one who, when I was leaving my job, you know, we had some good conversations, kind of like not my direct boss, right? Not the one who bullied me. This was another one, but I remember having a conversation with him and he gave me a tool, which I still use all the time. And I use it with all of our clients, which is think about what you want your life to look like with regard to your career, mm. right? What do you want your environment to be? What do you want your values to be? Who do you want your colleagues and your clients to be? What kind of tools do you want to use? What do you want kind of the processes, how, the type of work you do? What do you want the fit to life to be? How do you want to be compensated? Map all of that out, make those decisions. And then every time you're trying to figure out where you want to go next, whether that's in a career or in a business, ask yourself, does this move me closer to what I put on that list or further away from it? And that's been such a powerful exercise for me because there's a lot of things that I could be pursuing, but will it take me where I want to go? It's an important question that we need to ask. Yes. Love it. Agree. I live my life by that philosophy as well. I've got, yeah. this is what my life looks like. Um, yeah. And it just makes it easier to make decisions as well. Right. You know, a decision yeah. comes up. Do I, is it going to bring him closer, further away? I do. I don't. Um, yeah. Authors or books, Brianne. Best yeah. book that you've, you've uh, could recommend a course creator read. Obviously yours is number one. So we'll say the second, <laughs> the second best book a course creator should read. Uh, I'm going to go, and, and it doesn't have to be directly how to create a course, right? Yeah, any, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go for this conversation. I'm going to go with Straight Line Leadership okay. by Dusan Jukic, I think is how the last name is pronounced. If you're in a situation, I mean, it's, it's a, a book for when you kind of need to kick your own butt and stop messing around and make some stuff happen. It's really about how you lead yourself how do you lead your clients? Because I think that's something that we forget is we're, we have a responsibility to lead our clients in the direction they want to go. Yeah. And how can you really do that in integrity and in a way that helps yourself, your clients, your team, if you have one and all the people around you to be that next leader and be that best versions of themselves. So straight line leadership, it's a pretty, pretty quick read, but very powerful. It's one I go back to quite often when I just need a little bit of uh, of motivation to keep doing what I'm doing. I uh, haven't heard of it, but I just went on amazon.com.au then and I'm going to download it. I, I see it's 10 bucks on Kindle or 250 bucks for the hardcover version. So I think, I think you might want to go with the Kindle. Yeah, I think so. It must be a big book to ship to Australia or something. Yes, so I'll, something. I'll Kindle it. Um, Brian, there's going to be a lot of people watching this, listening to this. They're like, this woman is awesome. I'm definitely going to buy, buy her book, but I want to follow her on social media as well. What's the, the best place to follow you? Is it your personal Facebook profile? You got a business page, Instagram? What, what's the best? I am actually not on Instagram. So, I mean, I have a profile to kind of like reserve my, my name, right? But I'm not on Instagram. Don't look for me there. Instead, just come and find me on Facebook. You can just search my name. I'll come right up. We do also have a business page under the Visionary CEO Academy, but my personal page is totally fine. And I am happy to accept friend requests. So don't feel weird about doing that. Awesome. If you're, if you're watching on Facebook now, just Add Brienne now, I've tagged her in this. If you're listening on the podcast, I'll put a link on the show notes to Brienne's um, personal profile there. 
Brianne, that's pretty much all I wanted to get through today. Is there anything I should have asked you but didn't? Or is there anything you want to finish us off with? You know, I think the really big thing is there's one thing that I think is really important for a course creator to remember. And this is especially true with a market that's becoming more saturated and more noisy than ever. And that is the human touch is always going to be important. So, you know, we talked about Tim Ferriss and the dreams of passive income. If I can really suggest one thing, it's don't try and, you know, create a system that works without you. Mm. Instead, look for a way that you can get the results profitably and be supported by a team to create the impact that you want. Because it's when you have that human to human connection that you're really going to be able to help your customers and your clients get where they want to go. Yes. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time, Brianne. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for more free resources on how to sell more of your online courses.